What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We've got another week, which this time of year means another week of golf. Uh, again, it will be pretty much nonstop here through the spring and summer. And we've got the last of the Pro Am events this week with the ATT Pebble Beach Pro Am. I know, I know we're just ready to get rolling uh, with the Waste Management Phoenix Open and then all the events that follow that. The schedule will get a lot more exciting as we head into the spring months. But uh, one more tournament here with a little bit of uh, a, kind of a, a wonky format uh, with the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but still a, an exciting tournament, uh, at least a, a good course uh, to watch on TV, though uh, it's debatable how many golf shots they will actually show during this tournament. And that's the biggest rub, I know, for my co-host Notorious here. Uh, that's part of the reason why he doesn't like this tournament a whole lot. I kind of tend to agree, but I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. I've got Noto Derek Farnsworth alongside. And uh, Noto, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. Uh, we will see a lot of golf shots. They just won't be from the uh, professional golfers. They'll be from a bunch of celebrities that uh, don't know how to golf. But uh, yeah, last week was great. Um, love Torrey Pines, one of my favorite courses. I know the architecture, you know, people aren't a huge fan of it because a lot of the holes look the same. But every time they go to Torrey, it's a great leaderboard. Uh, we had so many big names in the mix on Sunday. And uh, for a while, I didn't see Max Homa coming out uh, and winning it, you know, when he was four or five back to start the day. It was kind of strange seeing John Rahm fall down, and then Sam Ryder just couldn't hit a fairway. So, um, yeah, how, what did you think of the tournament? I hated it because I uh, <laughs> lost my bets that uh, I, I still firmly feel like I was on the right side of a few of these bets. Uh, and I know I, I did a rant on one of the NBA shows in the interim, but my uh, my, my bet to start the week – and we'll have to go back to this, but in round one, I bet Tony Finau over John Rahm head to head. I figured Rahm would maybe get off to a slow start. I uh, had a couple of, you know, wins and uh, just a little bit of a letdown factor in, in round one before he kind of ramped it up, which was absolutely correct. So in round one, Rahm shot over par. It was one over par. So you would have told me going in that Rahm would be one over par. I would have wagered a good amount of money on Finau beating him head to head. If you would have told me that Ron would be one over par and Finau would lead the field in tee to green play in round one, I would have put pretty much my entire life savings on Tony Finau beating John Rahm in round one. But uh, lo and behold, Tony Finau turned into Luke List for a day and lost 5.6 strokes or something like that, five point something putting in the first round. And so despite pegging it absolutely correctly, and Finau leading the field in Tita Green and Rom shooting over par. Somehow, I had to settle for a push on my head-to-head Tony Finau, John Rom bet. And that really put me on tilt for the whole week because uh, all I needed was for Finau to only lose like four strokes putting in the first round. And then, of course, Finau comes on like Friday and he moves all the way up into like third place for a while. And, of course, now he figures out a putt. But uh, in any case, yeah, I like the tournament, fun leaderboard, but... Boy, that first round Fina over Rom really grinding my gears all week. Yeah, those uh, those single round bets they're fun, but uh, they can be no. wild at times. Oh man, I, I it was awful. It was just awful. Uh, he missed, I believe, uh, six putts under six feet in the first round. <laughs> just makes one of those. I'll just make one, Tony. Uh, that's all we need. But uh, I guess at the end of the day, I, I'm happy I didn't lose because that would have made it worse. It was just a push. Uh, well, but we, uh, we, 
We do have a couple winners. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson and Mr. Gerg in the chat both hit Max Homa, uh, 22 and 24 to 1. So they did better than we did uh, with our bets. I had so much money on Jason Day to finish top five. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he got there and then fell apart with, like, six holes to go. So I'm right there with you with the tilt. Um, but congrats to a couple uh, of the listeners. And producer Devin won so much money on the snake draft that we did last week that he's decided to retire early. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and he's not producing. Dan Kramer. <laughs> we figured he's out, out of his here. name. We figured out uh, his name. Yeah, so Dan Kramer, etched in our memory, the guy that took all our money in the snake drafts, um, filled pretty easily last week. We'll see if we can uh, get one rolling here at the end of the show tonight. But uh, I believe in our six-man draft last week, uh, producer Devin uh, took home the hardware, and uh, and Noto got second. So. Uh, got you know, all you listeners to step up and, and take our money like uh, like we had before. But, yeah, I mean, right there with you with Homa and uh, and Keegan kind of both shooting up the leaderboard on Sunday. And then Max Homa went for it on 18, uh, which uh, was a bold move. Uh, you know, that's uh, par five with water front left. And, uh, I mean, he made sure he was clear of it, went a little bit over the green. But, uh, bold move when you got the lead and and a couple shots clear, but uh, made a birdie on that hole and solidified his victory. And uh, the guys who were up there kind of most of the weekend, Sam Ryder and, and Ron both shot over par on uh, on the final round there, uh, which I will probably say Saturday a, a million times, but or Sunday a million times, but Saturday uh, this past week with the weird schedule. But a lot of those big names still finished inside the top 10. Day, Ron, Matsuyama, Finau. Um, Ricky Fowler with a solid week, uh, tied 11th, so really good finish for him. Uh, some encouraging signs, even though he was kind of hit or miss with the putter over the first few rounds. Xander, Justin Rose up there. So certainly guys that we talked about throughout last week's show. Um, and, and it was it's one of those events where the cream tends to rise to the top uh, because the, the, the south course plays so difficult, uh, and it's tough for the guys, you know, to – hero out a bunch of birdies and, uh, and, and turn it into a score fest. So uh, you saw most of the bigger names uh, there at the top of the leaderboard. A couple of the more popular guys that, that didn't make it. Uh, Will Zalatoris, disappointing week for him. He missed the cut by a stroke. Uh, he was probably the biggest name, uh, biggest high-end guy, maybe one of the only high-end guys uh, that, that didn't make the cut. Certainly there were a couple that disappointed um, on the weekend and, and fell down the leaderboard, but uh, most of the higher end plays did at least make the cut last week. Any other takeaways uh, from the farmers for you? Yeah, Jeffrey brings up uh, Max's shot on 17. Pretty incredible. Um, really long part three. He's playing the toughest uh, hole all day and he's hitting the fade. So he had to start it over the penalty area and you know, you got to have a ton of confidence if you're going to hit that shot, stuck it to like 10 feet, made the putt. And then uh, I think Ryder bogeyed, pretty much at the same time um, on the hole before. And that kind of solidified the victory for Max. But uh, yeah, you mentioned him going for it on 18. I was kind of surprised when he pulled out uh, a wood on the fairway. I did a little double take, uh, you know, I was watching on my phone. Uh, and then, oh, what did you think of Sam Ryder's pants? A lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of chatter about those, those uh, joggers he had on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. The the whole fashion sense in the world is changing, and I'm uh, I remember when the biggest, uh, the you know the the fashion discussion was on the uh, untucked shirts there for a while. Um, I don't know. Let the guys wear what they want to wear. I guess at this point. 
Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Phil Mickelson, obviously, you know, went to Twitter and just was hating on him. But uh, I thought it was a pretty good look. I don't think I could pull it off, but uh, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I don't think Phil has the authority to comment on a whole lot of stuff. Does he even hold any weights uh, anymore? Speaking of live guys, what about Patrick Reed? Did you see that controversy? So, all right. So I had somebody ask me about this, and I said I wasn't paying attention because they were playing in Dubai, and most of that was going on, you know, overnight and stuff. But uh, so the Patrick Reed tossed a T at Rory or something. Is this what happened? Oh, well, yeah, that was at the start of the tournament. But then in the third round, uh, he had his shot into one of the, the tall palm trees. And uh, he went into to look at a different palm tree. They slowed down the angle of the shot, and it clearly went in the first palm tree. And uh, he went into the third one um, of the three right there and said he could clearly see the markings on his ball. And so he got to drop there instead of having to go all the way back and re-hit the shot from where it was. So uh, he cheated once again. And, uh, and then he almost came back. That at all. Yeah, almost came back on Sunday and beat Rory. Rory ended up making a, a birdie on 18 to win by one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure uh, it won't take much to, to look at that. Brandel Chambly did a big, a big uh, thing on the slow-by-slow slow replay of uh, his ball going into a different tree than he said it was. Well, that's interesting. So what fueled the tea thing? What was up with the tea being tossed at Rory? Was that just in jest or what? I, I don't know. I guess uh, he served Rory papers on – uh, Christmas Eve as well. He's suing Rory. So I think there's just a lot of bad blood between the two. Huh, huh, huh. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I, I see Brandel's uh, Twitter post there, that slow motion. Yeah, I'm, I was out of the loop on this. I had not heard of this at all. I'm surprised. Um, I <laughs> yeah. guess that, you know, NFL kind of took over the uh, social media yesterday. So it, it was easily uh, kind of buried in the headlines, but uh Brian, Brian in the chat says, "Better make this private because uh, Patrick Reed's going to sue us." <laughs> we are, we are not responsible for the content. Uh, it's all opinions of the commentators. All right, we put the appropriate disclaimer in there. I haven't even seen it yet, so I'm not going to comment. But uh, I'm full believer in uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been smoke with Patrick Reed and more than his fair share of times throughout his career. So, uh, in any case, we'll leave it at that. Uh, controversy tends to uh, to follow him around, and uh, and you know we'll see what Justine has to say about it as well. I mean, it's not like okay, so these are just palm trees, like right on the alongside of the fairway, right? Yeah, and, and I guess I mean, it was it's not like it was shot. a big forest. No, but it went in the first one, and he told everyone he clearly saw the markings of his ball in the third one. But, uh, yeah, it was a blind shot from where he was. But he just picked the ball out and was like, oh, yeah, that was mine. And then took uh, a drop. Uh, yeah, I see, the, uh, I see the slow motion replay. I just I had to watch it because curiosity got the best of me. Uh, very clearly goes into the first uh, tree there. I don't see how that's even a question at this point. Yep. So, uh, yeah, to take a drop there, you have to be able to visibly tell that it's your ball or else he would have had to go all the way back to where he was. Uh, all the way back to was this was this a tee shot or approach shot i think it was, it was an approach shot. into the uh, yeah it's I, a tee I shot. it was a second okay yeah but, it's definitely uh, a tee shot so he would have had to he would have had to re-tee would have had to re-tee instead yeah. of taking the drop next to the palm tree and they gave so did they oh, boy that's, that's yeah they wild. let him drop it and yeah huh well what do you know 
if you had to guess one person, uh, if you, if somebody would have gave that exact sequence of events and say, guess who it is, you only get one guess. Pretty sure most of the golf community would get that right at this point. Yeah, but how great is it, you know, seeing these events where we have the live players playing? It just it just causes so much uh, drama, so much to talk about. So I'm excited for the Masters, obviously, but for other reasons as well. I mean, my my oldest is in middle school right now, and I don't even get that kind of drama from him um, <laughs> out of the middle school ranks. So Patrick Reed brings more drama than uh, than the teenagers at this point. But uh, all right, enough nonsense. Uh, let's move ahead. Um, we've got uh, we've got the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am this week. Another one with three courses on the docket and celebrity pro ams this time, and it's. It's just a hot mess. Uh, the rounds take even longer than the Pro-Am from a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's just, uh, it, it's not super exciting in terms of following golf on television. So uh, your takeaway on the tournament, we know it's not our favorite, uh, but the uh, three-course rotation, what do we got this week? Yeah, in terms of the courses, I like them a little bit better than the other Pro-Am that we had a couple weeks ago. I uh, love Pebble. You get some awesome views. But uh, like you mentioned, it's going to be three-course rotation. The first, uh, the host course is going to be Pebble Beach, uh, par 72, less than 7,000 yards. Smallest greens on the PGA Tour, so you can have to be very good with your irons or very good around the green. Spyglass Hills, another par 72, just over 7,000 yards. Pretty small greens as well. And uh, I was looking at data the last five years. It's actually been the toughest of the three um, over the last five years. Everybody thinks that uh, Pebble's the toughest, but that just hasn't been the case recently. And then Monterey Peninsula is the easiest of the of the three courses. It's a par 71, but it does have four par fives. So if you are playing showdown, you definitely want to take advantage and load up on guys playing Monterey Peninsula. All three courses have Poana Greens. Um, all three, um, Monterey Peninsula is really the only easy one, um, but all three kind of depend on the wind. And uh, I haven't checked the weather just yet. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be slow. It's going to be... Uh, no shot tracker for two of the three days and going to be a lot of variance. And one other note, uh, top 60 in ties this week. So not top 16, five, 65 in ties, which means even less of the, you know, field's going to have 66. And that cut comes after the third round uh, once again with the three conversations. So you can afford to take a few more chances. Plus with the unpredictable nature of this tournament in and of itself, uh, this week lends itself to one uh, where you know maybe you can uh, you can roll the risk reward scenarios just a little bit more. So uh, we'll see how it plays out, and we'll see what the weather forecast has in store. Again, uh, we're taping this on Monday evening, and tournament doesn't start till Thursday, so uh, plenty of time as far as uh, figuring that all out. But uh, a tournament where we should see some scoring and maybe a little bit of variance. So uh, with that in mind, let's start breaking down the golfers, and after. Uh, tough pricing, at least a tougher pricing at the top. Last week, we're back to just four golfers at 10K plus and nobody above 10.6 on DraftKings, uh, which I know you don't like. It makes the lineup building process a little bit easier, consolidates ownership a little bit up there at the top. But uh, what are we doing with the big name guys? Yeah, um, I'd say I'm more okay with it this week because there's not, you know, a clear favorite. Um, you got three guys between 11 and 12 to 1 in Speed, Hovland, and Fitz. Then a pretty steep drop-off uh, to the next range of guys in terms of their outright numbers. 
I don't have a strong take on anybody up here. Uh, obviously, the last time we saw Spieth, he went full Keegan, uh, went from first round leader to missed cut. But uh, he loves this course. Three straight top tens here, nearly one here last year. Um, Hovland's the best in the field of anybody on Poana Greens uh, in terms of total strokes gained. He also hit that incredible shot. I don't know. You'll probably see it a bunch uh, during the broadcast this week in college. They had an event here. He was down, uh, you know, in the weeds, and he, you know, hit this chip shot 50 yards in the air, um, cleared the bunker, ended up right by the pin. Then you have Fitzpatrick, who really doesn't have a weakness in his game. You know, Hovland struggles around the green. Spieth can struggle with the putter. Fitz is just solid all around, so he's probably my favorite of the bunch, and he is the cheapest of the bunch. Um, not sure what to do with Hoagie. You know, he's been playing a lot recently. He's a good course fit, but he is a defending champ, and that always worries me a little bit, extra obligations. And uh, all that fun stuff, but he does fit the mold of you know being a really good iron player and and can get hot with the putter. Yeah, I think uh, you know I'm pretty strong with uh, the two guys that I like in this range this week, and one of them actually is Spieth. So uh, I feel a little bit weird Ooh. saying that I, I'm almost never a Spieth guy, but I think with him being the most expensive guy in the field, that might scare people away just a little bit in terms of ownership. Um, and 40 career rounds at this event. Number of rounds over par at any of the courses, two. Two rounds over par out of 40. Uh, and I think maybe a little extra motivation after that slip up uh, in the last tournament. And obviously he thinks he's feeling good. I, I read uh, on Golf Digest or somewhere earlier today that he's playing or currently you know, registered to play seven of the next eight weeks. So uh, obviously a stretch where uh, he's expecting to be a full go. And you mentioned it, loves the course. Uh, so I like Spieth and I like Fitzpatrick as well. I think uh, fit for the for the venue and obviously our projections. I believe he's got the highest overall projection and our uh, Roto-Grinders projections by a decent margin here this week. So give me Spieth, give me Fitz. And I think um, I'm a little more comfortable going away from Hovland and, and Hoagie this week. So that's a little bit different from my usual foray going with Spieth there, but uh there you go. I've just officially jinxed him, but uh, I didn't play <laughs> no. him the last time, so you can't blame that one on me. No, I was going to say, if you're uh, new to the show, if you're watching it, uh, you know Justin never plays speed, but when he does, <laughs> uh, it's usually pretty good. So um, you got a pretty yeah, good new, new, new month, new me. We're going to be February, be a new month. We're turning over a new leaf, and uh, we're, we're going to play some speed. So uh, we'll see how that goes if he is completely horrible. I'll take the blame for it this week, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's a little well, one, speed for me. One guy would never get right, Seamus Power. Um, kicks <laughs> off the 9K range. Uh, what are you doing with him? I don't know. It was, let's ask the Magic 8-Ball. I'm going to do it right now. It's going to be just as good as any analysis we can give. Uh, pulling up a Magic 8-Ball right here on my phone real time. And uh, we're going to ask it the question. Uh, let's see. Will Seamus Power finish inside the top 15 this week? All right, we're going to click it, and uh, not sure uh, not sure how well it'll show up on the actual screen, uh, but I'm going to try. So it says, without a doubt, uh, it's not coming very well through the uh, Roto-Grinders background there, but uh, will Seamus Power finish inside the top 15? says, without a doubt, will Seamus Power win the tournament? Yes, that's all we got. Oh, no. Um, without a doubt, top 15 and winning the tournament, according to the Magic 8-Ball online. So there you go. Um, yeah. The Magic A Ball is coming for our jobs, I guess. <laughs> if it's right, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're just gonna have a show. Just say the player's name and shake up the Magic Ball. Shake up. I mean, that's uh, Seamus Power has been all over the map, and he used to be a guy 
you know, that would dominate the easier courses, wouldn't play so as well in the tougher events, tougher courses. And a little bit strange to see him priced here, but uh, because you don't have a lot of the elite golfers in the field this week, you know, it's kind of going to dip in a hurry. And it starts in these 9Ks. I mean, Putnam, Rose, Kuchar, like these are guys, uh, Mitchell, the last few weeks we've seen uh, in the 7Ks. And, and Power is certainly a guy that we've seen the ceiling from at times. So uh, probably doesn't make like an optimal lineup build for me, but it's hard to ignore the potential, I think, in tournaments for him. So I think I'm on him in GPPs. I mean, magic eight ball or not, but that's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I love or hate him, but uh, he does feel a little overpriced. Probably rather get up to one of the 10 K guys, like you mentioned, but I do like a couple guys right below him. Andrew Putnam, seven street, 17 straight events without missing a cut T six here last year. Um, it was really his only weakness is distance off the tee. He doesn't have any of that. Doesn't need it. Three of these courses, less than 7,100 yards. So I really like the way he's playing. I like Matt McNeely, uh, one of the best guys in the the California swing each and every year. He's just been on fire with the putter. Um, the approach game's been pretty ugly, but uh, if you look at his game log, he's gaining you know three or four strokes every week with the putter. So you can look at that one of two ways. Maybe the putter goes cold and he misses the cut, or maybe the irons finally show up and he actually uh, you know comes out and wins an event. So those are my favorite two in this range. And Matt Kuchar rates out really well for me. Oh, man. At $9,400? At $9,400. I don't know what to do. Uh, we liked him at the Sony. Played well. I think he was T7 there. Doesn't have the best course history here. I, I don't know what to do. With I don't that. think I can play him at $9,400. Yeah. If he's – yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 700 more for Fitzpatrick. It's really hard to, to make a strong case for – oh, Dan Kramer in the chat. Let's go. He's back. He's ready to go. He's going to make sure he doesn't miss that uh, snake draft. He's going to be the first one in there alongside of us. Uh, we might try to do a few more people today, uh, trying to gauge how many we can uh, we can get. So uh, if you are committed to the snake draft at the end of the show, uh, type uh, type in in the chat or something. I want to see how many people we can, yeah. five, we can roll bucks. with the snake draft. Five bucks on DraftKings. Uh, we filled six people in a hurry last week, so – uh, I forget if it goes from six to 10. Um, I think if 10 might be the next size, uh, but uh, I'm going to confirm that now, but uh, we also don't want to go for a 10 person and then be sitting here trying to fill time, waiting for it to fill. So, um, uh, Oh, it goes from six to 12. So it's, uh, it's Ooh, either we, six or 12. This we, week, can so. we can tweet out the link. You can get 12. All right. We can get 12. Um, we'll, we'll try to fill it. Uh, maybe we'll go once we get to, down to about 7,500, we can get that set up and, uh, and rolling. So, all right. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of hot takes here on the nine K range. I mean, I like Seamus power. I agree with your take on McNeely. Um, the other guys, I mean, Rose was kind of hit or miss last week. I don't think I can play Kuchar at 9,400. Uh, I play Mitchell a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have course history and for what's Mitchell done here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So he 
12th last year, miscut the year before that, 32nd the year before that, miscut 47th. So very hit or miss, but uh, according to Brian, um, hey, he's playing with Keith Mitchell. Or sorry, he's playing with Josh Allen this week um, at the Broham. So uh, maybe, uh, you know, Allen after that loss, he's, uh, he's going to be gunning for the win um, at the Broham. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's the ultimate wild card uh, pairing right there. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that one goes. Who is it that that plays with Larry Fitz? Is it Strillman? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, Fitz uh, is a ringer. Yeah, they always uh, are like top top couple. Um, Andrew Sable yeah. wants to know: Do you like the double stud build this week? I do. I like that uh, build a lot. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you can because the 9K range is so weak, like you can easily skip over that. Uh, if you start with Spieth and Fitz, you're at 7,300 per player. I mean, you kind of got to round it out with a bunch of 7K guys, but I certainly think that's doable. So, yeah, not bad. Uh, not a bad approach this week because the mid range is all just kind of jumbled together. And with that, uh, we can probably head into the 8Ks. Uh, who are you peeking at in here? All right. Uh... I got a lot of negative uh, values in my model for the AKs. Um, Pendred, Dietrich, Kisner, Burmeister, Taylor Moore, all kind of rate out pretty poor for me. So I'm going to go Alex Smalley and Ben Griffin as my top two options. You know, Smalley's a guy. We played him a ton last year, and now he's kind of a mainstay um, on the PGA Tour. He's a good ball striker, good putter uh, at times. And he played the event last year. Didn't make the cut, but uh, played the event. So he's got some history here. And then Ben Griffin just continues to, you know, pop out top 35 finishes. Um, it's hard not to just, you know, ride the train there. It does feel a little bit overpriced. You know, he was in the 6Ks, 7Ks for most of the swing season. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind him at uh, 8,600. Do you have any stronger takes than I do? I just chuckled. I saw that Mr. Berg said the uh, Magic 8-Ball is how he builds his DFS lineup. So, I feel we've been missing the boat here. Should have been doing that for years. Um, yeah, not a ton of strong takes either. I, I think Smalley is probably my favorite as well. I've been playing Ben Griffin quite a bit going back to the fall swing and hasn't let me down too much. So I like those calls. Um, you know, Lipsky's always a guy that I don't mind playing, but uh, again, he's generally cheaper than that. Uh, though it is worth noting that outside of, of Smalley, he does have the highest projection in our model of the, uh, the AK golfers. So Lipsky, a guy I can throw in there as well, but Again, another spot where maybe you can embrace the variance. And uh, we'll be intrigued to see, I think, in, in multi-entry tournament builds. I uh, will let ownership be a little bit of a guide here. If, if somebody ends up coming in uh, at significantly lower ownership um, than, you know, than I originally expected, um, I, I don't mind taking a shot on them. But not a whole lot of guys in here that have extensive course history. Uh, Lipsky was. 24th last year so uh, i don't mind that i guess nick taylor is probably the one guy in here he's past champion and 14th last year but uh i don't think i can play him at 8,000 either so feels a little yeah. bit overpriced based on that course history so and yeah one other note, sorry one other note um everybody in this range is like 65 to 70 to one and if you go to the 7ks it's pretty much you know 80 to 90 so you're not getting much of a value in terms of the Vegas odds uh, in this price range. Typically, the AKs, there's a lot of guys in the 30s, the 40s. Um, so, yeah, I just think everybody's a little overpriced just because that's the way DraftKings has to do it. So I'm kind of with you. Don't love a lot in the range. 
All right, so let's go ahead and uh, move into the uh, 7Ks then, and we'll talk about maybe this uh, $7,500 to $7,900 range, and then maybe see if we can uh, at least get that snake draft started up uh, and and get that rolling to fill here. So what are your thoughts on the higher 7K range? Yeah, well, I'm interested to see what Will Gordon's ownership is going to be. Uh, I don't think we have our first set of ownership out just yet because uh, he was popular each of the last two weeks. Missed the cut both times. Wasn't by much. I think it was by two strokes both uh, both times, maybe three last week. But T21 in 2021, and we know he can make a lot of birdies. He had that great stretch during the fall swing season. So I do like Will Gordon to bounce back at 7,600 as long as he's not super popular. A couple of other guys rate out well for me. Russell Knox, he's been gaining a ton of strokes on approach. I think he's gained 17 uh, in his last four starts alone. So if he can just get the putter going a little bit, I like his upside. Uh, Lonto Griffin finally showed some life last week. Don't mind him. And then uh, at the top of the range, you got you know Stallings, Todd, and Shelton, who are all you know different skill sets, but I think they're all interesting plays for tournaments. Yeah, Shelton, I think maybe a little bit more risk-reward. Todd, if you're looking to go – a little bit safer um and you know stallings is another guy who generally plays here every year the last five years two missed cuts a 30th and a pair of top 10 so uh and pretty good overall strokes gain data in those uh, five starts for Stallings. so uh, if you're in the course history train i don't mind him uh griffin also ninth and 16th his last two trips here and everybody knows i like playing russell knox so in a weak field where he's 7500 on a course that uh, you know isn't going to require a ton of distance i certainly like russell knox as a kind of mid-range value frankly if he was you know if a lot of these guys shelton um griffin knox you know todd uh if they if their prices were flipped with like kisner and taylor moore and mullinax and some of those guys like we wouldn't even bat an eye so uh, why not go with the cheaper guys that also helps to kind of fill out that double stud build that we were talking about being being possible so all right we can talk about the last end of the 7k range here um and then once the snake draft fills i will take over the screen share but um there is a are you ready noto i don't want to go in front of you i was just gonna say do you know or you already got it set up well there's only one five man or only one 12 man five dollar snake draft out there right now on DraftKings. So basically the only $5 12-person snake draft is the one that we're going to roll with. Hopefully it doesn't fill before I get in because I just got logged out. And, okay, uh, I just put it. I just put the Oh yeah, we got double now. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just going to have to be a if this fills in 30 seconds, I'm going to be shut out. So <laughs> all right, there we go. I'm in. So uh, $5 snake draft on DraftKings. We're at four out of 12. Um, get your entries in there. Hopefully we can fill this quickly and uh, roll through it. It'll be with snake with 12 people. Um, and I'm going to tweet out the link as well. So... Sorry for the dead air for a second, but uh, typing and talking at the same time. Well, man, snake draft live on air at Roto Grinders. We'll uh, we'll get this rolling. So we're halfway filled here. Uh, we got the link in the chat. 
I tweeted out the link. I mean, Noto can tweet out the link as well. And then we can talk about the lower end of the 7K range. Uh, Joseph Bramlett's in here. He's a name that interests me. don't know if this is the best course for him. And he has struggled with the putter a little bit of late. I uh, watched him a little bit on Friday as well. He was paired with John Rahm. So that was one of the feature groups. Uh, I think there's some risk or potential in there. But guys like Neesmith and Ben Taylor and Grayson Sig, I mean, they're all rating out reasonably well in terms of our projections in the lower end of the 7K range. Uh, Troy Merritt's another guy who plays here every year. His last four trips have all been top 25s. Um, so, I mean, these are guys that I think you can absolutely sprinkle in to help round out those builds. Uh, who are some of the guys that you're looking at in the lower part of the 7K range? Yeah, I talked about Strillman a little bit, playing with Fitz. I like going back to him. He hasn't been playing very well, and he didn't miss the cut here last year. But prior to that, I think he had six straight top 20 finishes. Um, I like Matthew Neesmith. He's missed the cut back-to-back weeks on the number, but a really good iron player. And, yeah, I just think it's a good spot for him. Uh, A couple top 20s here for him. I like Justin Suh. He's a California kid, went to USC. Uh, He's been playing pretty well, T20 last week. And, again, we used to compare him to Taylor Montgomery six months ago when they were coming off the KFT tour. KFT tour, Corn Ferry tour. Um, So I like him. And Ben Taylor just continues to be – uh, you know, a stat guy, uh, second in the overall stat model. So I'll go back to him, even though he missed the cut uh, last week as well. All right, we're up to eight of 12 on the snake draft. Don't make us get stuck at eight or nine because then either we got to go back to six and cut three people out uh, or we got to sit here and try to fill time and uh, and nobody wants more dead air. So uh, get in there if you're watching five bucks. 12-person snake draft on DraftKings, and uh, it'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, all right. Other options in the lower end of the 7K range. Uh, I mean, do you put a lot of stock? I, I apologize. I'm multitasking here trying to fill this draft. But uh, Streelman with that fits pairing, like, is that, a, is that a thing? They've won the the Pro-Am portion twice. Yeah, I think it's a thing. Um, he's talked about, you know, just being able to, you know, fits kind of just calms it down. They have good chemistry, and – he uh, has to pull his weight so that the team, you know, has a chance. So, uh, yeah, I do put some uh, stock into that. I think Callum Tarrant's interesting, a guy that when he makes a cut, tends to post a lot of top 25s where he tends to just completely blow up and uh, miss the cut by a mile. So I like him in tournaments. I think you mentioned Troy Merritt, uh, a bunch of top 25s here. He's interesting. And then one guy I'm, I'm looking to in tournaments, Mark Hubbard. Hasn't been playing his best. I think he's finished 68th or worse in five straight events. But if you look at his numbers, very good on approach, very good putter. That's kind of the skill set that I'm looking for. And T33 here last year. So I think uh, he's one of the better point-per-dollar options in tournaments. Yeah, I mean, it gets thin uh, in a hurry down here. I mean, we've kind of – it's been – it's been a long time since we've had a week where there's been several reliable options under 7K – uh, or at least stomachable options. I'm sure that's not a word, but uh, there's uh, there's just not a lot once you get below 7K that you feel like you can roster with a whole lot of confidence or conviction. But yet at 73, 74, 7200, uh, there's enough reasonable talent there that I don't know. It just seems like 7K is always kind of that cutoff uh, these past few weeks. Outside of you know Ryan Armor, Ryan Armor at 67. Um, Kodara has a pretty good projection at 6,800, but 
relatively speaking, I guess. Doug Gim at 6,900. It's been a while since we've seen him put a lot of results together. Uh, just tough to find a lot of, uh, of names to feel good about. How about Jimmy Walker last week? Jimmy Walker is, was back for, uh, for a few rounds. I was surprised. It's been a lot while since we've seen him make any noise, but uh, he finished T13, so uh, probably his best finish best finish in a while. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, Torrey Pines is just the place for old veterans to come through. And, oh, we're, uh, have we're a good filled. Week. We're filled. Okay, we're filled. And I'm going to share my screen. And I've got the first pick, which means that Spieth is just complete destiny this week. Um, because, you know, I've got to take him at this point. So, all right. I'm going to share my screen so Rob can switch that over to me. And then uh, <clears throat> we'll do live snake draft. So 12 people. I'm going to make this just a touch bigger. And then uh, so Noto's got the third pick. Um all right, so we got all right. So Dan Kramer, that's his username. So we can't uh, we can't miss him. Yeah, Dan Kramer is Dan Kramer. He's not even no no, no alias needed for the boss <laughs> of the snake drafts uh, over the last couple years. Um, yeah, this is rigged. You get the first pick, I get the third pick. <laughs> well, there you go. You're gonna get. Uh, we talked about the 10k guys being the best options. So, I mean, you can completely queue up the. Uh, the Spieth miscut now because uh, because I'm taking him. So, all right, no surprise. Though I think you can. And DraftKings actually has Hovland rated first in the Snake Draft rankings, and uh, the guy with the second pick took Fitz. So sorry, I know that's probably yeah. who you were hoping to get third there. That's all right. I like all three of them, so I, I'll take uh, Hovland. So this is. Let's see. You got seven rounds because you get a bench guy. Uh, seven. We're gonna we're gonna do math on the air here. Seven times twelve is eighty-four. So eighty-four, wow. 84 golfers uh, <laughs> are gonna be selected in this thing. Um, I, I didn't bring a blanket with me to uh, you know, to to cover up when it gets really dark and scary. Let me, at the bottom. Let me see who's number eighty-four on my model. We're looking at Doug Gim. <laughs> All right, Destiny. Four. I can take Doug Gim last with the very last pick of the draft. Nobody better steal that. I get speed first and Gim last, and then we're good to go. Uh, but, yeah, that's the type of golfer we're going to be at at the bottom of this range. And it's very difficult uh, to uh, talk on the air and try to figure out which one of the crappers you like at the bottom. But uh, especially with a tournament like, like Andrew Putnam is going seventh, like first-round pick Andrew Putnam. Cool. With how weak it's it gets in a hurry – it is definitely an advantage to get one of the top guys, I think. How dare you talk about Putnam like that? No offense to Putnam, but seventh pick in a in a snake draft is not something you usually see for, for Andrew Putnam. So, I mean, kudos to him, I guess. And shout out to RC Player, who's bat, uh, picking ninth and, uh, and, and rocking the RG logo. So, All right, it's going to take a while, isn't it? Any, yeah, it's going to take a little bit. What's any that? 6K, any 6K guys you like this? Uh, yeah, it'll be a while before it gets back to us because uh, we're we're at the other end of the of the snake. Uh, not really. I mean, like, give me one guy in here that's playing reasonable golf. Uh, somebody in the YouTube chat mentioned Smotherman, who missed on the number last week as well. Like, he's a guy that's shown some flashes, but super inconsistent. Uh, but I mean, I think Smotherman's okay compared to some of the other guys down here. 
Um, like Bryce Garnett has popped occasionally, but all these guys have just kind of fallen on hard times. You look at some of the people, Lebiota, Sabatini, that maybe have shown some life over the last couple of years, but it's just been a long time. So uh, my mediocre vote is for uh, potentially, you know, going for, I forgot who I, oh, Smotherman was the one that somebody mentioned, uh, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, uh, I don't feel great about a lot of guys, but Chris Stroud's one that has a little bit of interest. So last time we saw him, came fifth place at the RSM. It was back in November, but pretty good track record here. Tends to play well on shorter courses. Yeah, don't mind him at 65, but to your point, I do like the double stud lineup, but you just got to hammer the the low 7Ks rather than a lot of the 6Ks. Well, we can just wait and see who Dan Kramer takes at the tail end of the draft, and then we know those are the value guys you want. And he started with Dietrich and Keith Mitchell. It's uh, Dan's start. So there you go. All right, we're on the 17th pick. Z Fergie, is that real Fergie drafting with us? I don't know, but Fergie's got to pick it up because they're taking the whole clock every time, and this is not a filibuster. (laughs) We are not trying to stall the Congress bill here. Uh, And I think they're – I'm not sure if you you go on auto-draft after you use up the clock twice in a row not sure the snake draft rules again we're free money here uh here on the show we're trying to take hey, money speak for yourself <laughs> i can come out <laughs> second place finish so that got you what uh seven bucks eight yeah, bucks or nine oh, i can't remember be a little more lucrative this week with a few more people in there so do you we'll do see. any one and downs no, I don't. I, I probably should get into that, but I don't. And they always start like the first of the year, and I, I just forget. And it's tax time, and I think about it in April. Hey, I should have done that. Instead, I get pissed off at Tony Finau first round bets. <laughs> All right, we're coming back up. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to yeah. focus here. Here, uh, so Noto is next on the clock. We're already down into the David Lipskys of the world. In the uh, second round, this is going to be rough. What is the? Yeah, I don't mind Lipsky. Whose idea week. was this twelve man? <laughs> well, the idea was to get a lot of people. I kind of forgot that we had to draft that low. Um, <laughs> Eighty-four golfers. All right, I'm going He's... off the board. I mean, is there such a thing? I don't know if there's such a thing as off the board here. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till the next round. It's another, you know, twenty picks. Well, you got one more pick before that. All right, uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go course history here with Stallings, and I'm gonna go potential here with Robbie Shelton. And those are my wheel picks there, back to okay, back. Here's, here's a fun game. How low does Webb Simpson drop? He's 29th in the rankings, but if people are paying attention. I don't think he makes. Well, it. I think. Um, well, Fergie is now on auto draft, so my pick is okay. that Fergie is going to get Webb Simpson whenever he's the next man up in the board. <laughs> Darn, I was I wanted to see him drop. Unless Kiss Fergie has set him. the uh, pre rankings, which I suppose is possible, um, I think Fergie is going to get uh, Webb Simpson after the next top guys filter out. Like he's probably going to end up with Kisner and Webb as his next two picks, unless somebody wants to get Kisner. Um, I forget who I ended up with that fell last week. I got to try to look through my history now um, and see, because I remember there was somebody that fell last week and I said, 
uh, okay, he's fallen enough. I got to take him. And then we're about to find out who that is. Yeah, Kisner's interesting. It's like Kisner, of course, he just doesn't have the course history like he normally does. Love the 12-man. Let's dumpster dive, says Dan. I like it. Who fell last week that I – oh, no, 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 no. Fino, Montgomery, McNeely. I can't remember now who it was. Oh, it was my bench guy. Oh, it was J.J. Spawn. He was the only guy on my seven golfers that missed the cut. Um, that's right. It was Spawn that fell. And then he, he got off the hot start, too. Yeah, well, he didn't finish very hot, I'll tell you that. 70, then 78. Um, man, I finished fifth out of six, and all my six guys that were active made the cut. Like, dang. That's bad. That's, tough. that's bad. They were uh, ninth. Finau ninth, and nobody else in the top 30. Um, it's not great, Bob. All right. Well, All right. it was Spawn that fell last week, and uh, now this week attention. it's oh, Calentaren for Dan. It's Kisner. So who ended up with Kisner? Did Fergie end uh, up with Fergie, Kisner? Fergie yeah. ended up with Kisner, and Fergie's probably also going to end up with Webb. So and watch Fergie win. Uh, it's the way it would uh, play out if uh, karma happens, I guess, with the auto draft. All right, so Dan got right, Calum yeah. Terran, and we're still only in the fourth round here, and we're already down to uh, golfers that don't feel super comfortable rostering. But Dan is up now. So uh, the next best value on the board is coming. Garrick Higo, there's another guy that uh, – now I can't remember whether it was last week or two weeks ago. The weeks blend together. Uh, he got off to a decent start. Uh, I think it was last week. Plus six in the final round, though, dropped to 53rd. But he was in the there mix goes. for a couple rounds. There he goes, Bramlett. Um, our guy Joe writes our betting article, wrote him up at 110 to 1 this week as a pick. I like Bramlett. I watched, I was encouraged. There's Webb to, I called yeah. it, called Webb to there. Uh, yeah, I like Bramlett. I, I was encouraged last week. The ball striking was pretty good there for a few rounds. He missed a couple short putts, too. Um, not as bad as Fina on the first year. I'd love to see a one-on-one putting competition between Bramlett and Luke List. I think it would be a great competition. <laughs> get them paired together, get some nice side bets on the five-footers every hole. Uh, be a real sweat. See, now, now this is the case where it's going to come back to me, and I got two picks in a row, and I have no idea who's left because I haven't been paying attention. Ooh, All right. Merritt, I like that from New York Giants fan, Troy Merritt. Already off the board. Man, look at these guys. That was going to be my pick. See, uh, Ryan Palmer has become the guy that's falling now. So we're almost like we're almost into the DFS 6Ks. We're almost there. All right. So Kevin, you played really well. There goes Streelman. That's what I was going to do. I was going to pick Streelman. Kevin, you played really well last week. Good ball striking. I found out today he went to uh, Arizona State, so keep him in mind for next week at the uh, Waste Management. Um, With that in mind, yeah. are you taking Kevin Yu at 46? I think I might have to. I kind of – I've had 46. a nice Kevin Yu. Who am I going to take? See, yeah, it's my turn. I've got two picks. I've got no freaking clue. Um, I've seen some people talk about Lashley. Yeah, they're talking about him. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> They're talking about him. I'm probably going to have to take him because I don't know who to take. Fine. Uh, Lashley it is. And, uh, you know, Mark Hubbard feels like a path of reasonable resistance at this stage. Man, I still got two more picks. Who am I like with those picks? We're gonna go. We're gonna go blowing past Doug Gim here. Dude, so oh, how about Ryan Palmer battling back after? I think he was over par on the easy round or on the easy course um, on Thursday. Battled back to make it for everybody. There you go. You can take him. He's fallen to fifty-one here for you. Where is Doug Gim? Gross. You're going to time out. Okay. Eric Barnes, that's out of left field. He uh, keeps popping in the model and keeps playing well. So I don't know. I don't know much about him, to be honest. So in this field, what I mean, I'm, I'm, I am genuinely surprised that Ryan Palmer is still there. Where's Ryan Palmer in the model? Let's see. He is 55th overall. His last two finishes picked- here. 137th 56. and 111th. Well, he's improved. Uh, um, the other way around, though. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, well, then forget I said that. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's uh, Harry Higgs off the board. So, like, my team so far, Spieth, Stalling, Shelton, Lashley, and Hubbard. That's horrendous. It sounds horrendous. <laughs> uh, because after the first pick, I didn't pick until 24th. And once whoever you get to 24, winner, yeah, whoever has a winner is going to win. Everybody's going to have three of six. Yeah, I was going to say guaranteed. I'm not getting six guys through the cut this week um, out of the seven. But if I do, uh, we'll consider it a W. Adam Long. This feels like an Adam Long course. That's yeah, I almost easy. took him. I almost took him instead of uh, instead of Lashley there. But you told me that some people were talking about Lashley, and that was enough. <laughs> it was enough to sell me on it. Um, yeah. Long hasn't been very good here. One of no, nah, it might be all of three. This is top sixty. All right, Dan, tell us who to play for our punts for DK this week. Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker. That's a he's pick. back I to like life. I like it. Okay, Jesse's on my side with Derek Barnes. I like it. Had to take the big rig. <laughs> I'm guessing that's uh, Harry Higgs. Yeah. No, who? Who do you take? Who? Sable. Is that New? Oh, that might be New York Giants fan. Okay, it's got to be Harry Higgs. Yeah, he took Harry Higgs. He's got McNeely, Nick Taylor, Will Gordon, Troy Merritt, and Harry Higgs. It sounds horrendous. These all sound horrendous. Everyone's teams are going to sound awful. I like it. And Ryan Armour, this dude rates out well for me every week. He somehow has good stats, and I time to bump him down one. in the model. I don't. It's he I needs the manual bump down. Yeah, I do have that option. Uh, gonna have to do that this week. Danny Willett. So Fergie's got all the all the guys, the guys that used to get in bad form. I gotta ask the eight ball again. I'm gonna have to. I don't know how to ask this question to the magic eight ball. Uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. All right. Let's see. I got to start scrolling or I'm not going to be ready again. And we don't want to have that happen twice in a row. Oh, we're not even to the bench yet? I thought we were. No, you have two more selections. And mine are, there goes Doug Gim. Who broke the rules? Somebody broke the rules. 
hey, gonna Marty find Dow. out who just took gonna find out who took Doug Gim and banned them for life. And I didn't see Twain, who it was. Twain's been playing well, hasn't he? A couple made cuts in a row, I think. I don't know. I did a single round bet with him the other week too, and he missed a bunch of putts. <laughs> Always take the bad he, putters. He's made some cuts in a row. He's made some cuts, but he still can't putt. Um, okay. Norland, what happened to him? We're going to say that with every single turn, by the way, in case you didn't. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, no. I, that's uh, what I just said. I was trying. You get Okay. I was trying awesome to prevent cake. that uh, from you, from happening to you. Uh, I, I like his talent, but I don't know what he's done here. Okay. All right, once, again, five years once again, it's my turn. I have no idea. Uh, other than Smotherman, who I did not hate the uh, the call on that, so him. If we do if we do this for the Masters, we're gonna have to pick like the old dudes. It's gonna be great. There might not even be eighty four. Somebody's just gonna have to there's go usually, a man short. Yeah, there's usually like eighty four. Uh, Norlander's gonna find something this week. Well, Lucas Glover. That's yeah, I almost name. took him instead of Norlander. I probably wish I would have taken Glover, but uh, too late now. You got to take him if it gets to you, then okay. you got to take Glover. You got to take Glover for science. And, uh, yeah, we got a hard out after the draft, so uh, producers got to get to another show. That's fine. We're in round we'll, seven uh, here. Yeah, we'll hurry right. and uh, get out yeah, of here. It's All your right. turn. Eric. Eric Cole. I'm going to double Eric. No, I told you you had to take Glover and then you didn't listen. Yeah, it's it's hard to it is hard to listen to you while looking at stuff. I know. Um, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough ask for sure. Um interesting. It's this is interesting. Uh, these rosters are horrible. Look at this one. And this is no offense to anybody's selections, it's just the nature of the field. Putnam, Van Royen, Knox, Kim, Shank, Baddeley. All right, so we got uh, let's see about seven picks left here, and then we will call it a show, and uh, we'll see see the details on this. Let's see the twenty eight bucks for the winner, seventeen bucks for the up, nine bucks for third, fourth place. Uh, you get nothing. You, you just uh, you get a good good try. Try again next week. <laughs> Yeah, so the Masters usually has what somewhere around ninety. Ooh, James Hahn. I feel like I feel like he's got a good track record here. Three straight missed cuts. Okay, well, before that maybe. Maybe before that, he's been around a little bit. Lucas Glover's still on the board. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get drafted. Ben Martin. They're free yeah. agents. Can I drop? Uh, I'd like to drop Norlander and. Pick up Glover. Do you have the Can waiver priority? Yeah, I need the waiver wire. <laughs> you probably don't. Okay. You're first overall. You don't get. Dang priority. it! I got last waiver priority. Um, all right, Mister Irrelevant is coming in six seconds or sooner, and the Glover. draft is complete. Oh, Glover. nice! I <laughs> uh, see. That's what I was watching. He's going to win now. Uh, Lucas Glover, last golfer picked, and uh, all right. Uh, it was eventful. We'll see how this goes uh, this week. Appreciate all of you joining.
and uh, and good luck with our weekly snake draft. We're going to make that a thing here going forward uh, and see how that rolls. Well, uh, we've gone probably longer on this show than we have in some time. So uh, it was entertaining. It was fun. And we talked to Patrick Reed, did a snake draft, talked to tournament, and a really exciting event next week with the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So uh, with that, we better get out of here. Uh, so producer Rob can uh, get on to the next show. Thank him for his help tonight. Thanks to Noto for joining me as well. I am Justin. Enjoy your week. Good luck in your contest, everybody. And we will catch you later. Have a good one.